Look at us doing an actual episode. Isn't that crazy? It's a good time. We, we did it. We, we, we're, finally, we're finally making a main episode. We did it. Yep. Just like uh, our friends over at Naruto Studios coming out of the filler arc. Remember this? Heat? This is what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Remember what Jutsu looks like? Here we are. <laughs> so, so, uh, Joe, uh, Joe happened to win the Choose Arama, the first people's Choose Arama. Yes, um, a man of the people, truly, and he had us watch uh, a show that I had pitched a while back, uh, mm-hmm. Mobile Suit Gundam. The 08th MS team, which we did watch. So now we're here to break it on down. And just to give y'all a little context about this show in particular and a little bit of the history of the production. So this was a show initially. It was not an adaptation of anything, um, which is a pretty Gundam thing. A lot of Gundam shows were they're made as a show first. Usually there's a manga adaptation that comes out later and, but, but it's not, yeah, it was not from what I remember. I don't think it was a manga first, even the original one. I'm pretty sure it was a show first. I could be wrong, but at bare minimum, Oh wait, the MS team started as a show. Uh, it did come out in uh, January of 1996. So getting some years on it, you know, um, but I saw I saw some very interesting things about it as far as how it was made and it, the context within the uh, overarching storyline of Gundam. Because if you don't know, Gundam is... The massive majority of Gundam shows are all within one timeline. And then there are like two other timelines, I want to say, that have a couple like small collections of shows. Um, and then there's like some one-off shows that are kind of within their own thing, like... Iron-Blooded Orphans is not connected to any universe. It's just its own universe, for instance. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because when you watch the show, you feel like there's... They, the way that they talk about the history, you almost think it's connected to something, and then it's just Well, not, yeah. Yeah, it's just and its own And there's even thing. children in the one we watched, so I just... Anyway, yeah, anyway. So... Uh, this one is in the main timeline, which is called the Universal Century timeline. Um, it is basically the show that you watch not even right after the original series, but like in between the original series. Um, it is an OVA series, technically, so that which connects to that being kind of a spinoff. Um, and it is, yeah, like it is in the middle of uh, the original series. Because it says that it details um, during the one-year war, just that little team, and that is specifically a month after the beginning of the original 1979 series. So it is, like, entrenched in that at the same time. Okay, cool. Um, Isn't that a war that a lot of them uh, fill out? 
is a lot of the different series take place uh, during the one year war? Uh, there are some, but a lot of them happen after it. Um, because the one year war is mainly just like the OG stuff. Uh, because like that, okay. like the one year war is the original Gundam series, and that in that includes like a lot of because obviously they did. Movie adaptations. There's a couple spin-off movies like Char's Counterattack and stuff that are within that war. Um, and I'm trying to... I, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head because it's all hard to remember. But I know a lot of them happen after because it kind of pushes into another long-spanning war after that. Um, but yeah, the timeline is pretty long for the Universal Century timeline. It's a lot of shows. Um okay. Uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting about the way that this was produced is for being a 12 episode OVA series, uh, it actually took a long time to finish it because the first episode aired in January of 96. The last episode aired in July of 1999. Um, it took oh, wow. three years to get this series out. And the reason for that seemingly from what I was reading is that um, the director of this show died tragically in a car crash only like four episodes in to airing. Um, Goodness. All right. So, so it was like they were kind of getting them out in 96 because it was like the first two were January. The second two were in March and then he died in July and then they had to go get another director, and then suddenly, like, it was just slow down after slow down after slow down. Um, which I just you thought was... That, you know who that second director was? The first director was Takeyuki Kanda. Uh, rest in peace. And then the second director was uh, Umanosuke Ida, um, who took over from that point. Do, do you know what he did? His claim to fame? Uh, let's see. It said he was from Gonzo. Uh, it looks like assistant, he... assistant director, I believe, on Howl's Moving Castle. I'm seeing assistant director for Castle in the Sky. Castle in the Sky. That's the he one. was, yep, he was director wow. for. He was director for the original uh, Devilman series. Oh, um, yeah. He was. Let's see. Anything else <laughs> that I know off the top of my head here? Looks like he did some. Let's see. Are you? Do you mean Devilman Crybaby? No, Devilman. Devilman. Okay. Devilman. Devilman's a very old story. Okay. The the original show was 1987. Okay. Um, and then Devilman, the 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 manga's like from the 60s, I think. Is that the one that's like hyper violent? The original one was less so because it was being censored. And Devilman Crybaby has been spoken of as the manga artist's or the manga author's like true vision. Okay. Is the way that he described it because he wanted it to be hyper violent. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, a couple of little things like that. Helsing as well. He was a director for a couple episodes of that as well. So cool. Um, you know, little things here and there. Some stuff that you know, some stuff that's a little more low key. But yeah, so that's who they brought in. And there also was a movie that connected to this that was like a, it was kind of like a compilation film, but it only compiled 
the first eight episodes and then added in extra stuff. And the extra stuff that they added in gives better context between episode eight and nine, which is where, like, if you remember when episode nine, like, um, I'm forgetting his name, uh, the guy that got injured just, like, suddenly is back and healthy again. And then they're, okay, like, yeah. suddenly on another mission that was, like, not connected to anything. Um, okay, yeah. So that movie, like, gave more context to that. <laughs> okay. Um, probably because... Yeah, probably because they felt like it was like not as obvious exactly what happened. Like it was one of those things that's like you could kind of move look past it, but it is like a little weird. Um, so they decided to do that. So that's that's everything you need to know about 08th MS team. Um start off with good stuff, guys. You know, what are we what did we what did we really enjoy about this show? I liked that it was just chill. I liked that it was, uh, I could pop it on at the end of the day and I didn't have to, you know, think too much. There was just enough to keep me going into the next thing. And uh, I never had to, I never felt like I had to make myself watch it. Um, right. But I also, it, yeah. I also watched it a long time ago, pretty much in like three or four days. Right. Um, and, uh, basically I sat down for like a movie length kind of period right. each day and, uh, hit up three episodes and then, yep. Next day. Yeah. Kind like of more yeah. or less. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it was, it was just like good. It never did anything that I thought was like crazy. It never did anything that made me like really roll my eyes. Um, I can agree with that. Uh, and, uh, and even, like, the, the funny stuff, like, the, like, like, the stuff with, like, uh, the, the brother and the sister at the beginning Ugh. of how, like, close they were, Ugh. like, I looked at that and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, um, 90s anime. <laughs> but, like, but I wonder. Still a thing now, what am I saying? <laughs> you know, like, it, well, it's one of those things where it's like, you know. It's if it didn't have that, I think it I it, it did intrigue me to keep watching. Like it's kind of like, kind of like, kind of like how like games Game of Thrones. I think like they have like some twisted stuff in there, but it's like well you, you watch the next episode. You know what I mean? Um, so it wasn't like and it's not like they were like making out or anything, but they were just like sitting on the couch like a little too close. You know, yeah, shit was. <laughs> I listen. I'll 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 rail in on that when I yeah. get to my take. But yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. I mean. Uh. The 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 action was all right. I don't think that there was anything that really makes me like gush about the show. Except I really do like the ending. I thought the ending was good. Um. Interesting. It was maybe. It was maybe the a little rushed. Being the last episode. Huh. Or like the last the episode specifically. Or like episode eleven being technically the ending. Uh both. I mean, like like the the not the final episode, but the one that actually ends with like it ha I think it has it like says Finn. the end. It yeah. says like yeah, Finn yeah. or like the end on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Like I thought that like, that that was great. 
That was great. And then everything beyond that point, I just looked at like it was an epilogue, basically. It felt like episode 12 was an OVA within an OVA series. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was just like a little... Left, like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, it was, it was like a little, a little, uh, little, little epilogue. Um, and, and I thought it was fine. I, I, I like that there was still, like, some amount of mystery. Um, as far, like, it didn't, like super flesh things out um and uh yeah it just gave us another little side story that i was like that's fun um but yeah i suppose that's pretty much my notes on that what are what are your good things ethan uh i think the show really picked up steam after the directors changed which i don't know if that was coincidence of the directors or just like how the show is intended right but um really like once once the battles started becoming more of a team fight rather than just like one V ones where this character kind of like charges in. Yeah. Know? Right. Cause to me, to me that just wasn't as entertaining because I kind of could predict like what was going to happen. Right. As far as like some cool stuff, shit would happen and then you get taken down and yeah, somehow live and then rejoin the team. That was kind of like the first three episodes, three or four episodes. Yeah, mm. which wasn't bad. It looked cool, um, but after that, I think that the, especially the fight with the uh, goof, I think is how you pronounce that model. Yeah, the, the yeah the goof that was uh, piloted by Norris, right? The fucking god versus the the Easy Eight, which I think is a great name. I like love that. That was probably my favorite mobile suit of this show. Was the Easy mine? Mine too, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and that fight that fight was really cool. Um, yeah. That was probably actually the highlight of the whole thing for me was that particular fight mm. in that city. I just think that's like peak Gundam yeah. where it's kind of like rundown city where they're, they're like weaving in between the buildings and there's like debris everywhere. Um, it feels more like a, a tactical fight than just like big robots punching each other. Right. Which a lot of the space stuff kind of becomes that because there's just it's just two big robots in an open space. Right. Um, but yeah, I liked, I liked most characters. Um, I thought that the love story was done tastefully for the time it was set. And, uh, I could have done without episode 12, like we were saying. I, I can agree with that. Um, I, the, the whole the whole series did without. I think it's called like new magic or something. Whatever the magic is in Gundam that they bring into so many different shows. Oh, you talking about the particles? Yeah, yeah. I think it's called new magic. I don't remember. Anyway, this head did not have that. They introduced it. I think that's what they were getting at towards the end of that last episode with those kids. That was so fucking weird. But um, <laughs> that's so weird. This this was more of like a war felt like a war did yeah. not feel like there was going to be some like crazy power that saved people. It was really going to be like these machines are built by man for man. So that was cool. Mm. Yeah. That's all I really have to say about it. Like I, I'm kind of, I think I'm on the same plane as Joe. Like this show didn't blow me away, but it was, it's good, uh, good Gundam, good fights, good story. Yeah. Good nineties animation which is always like gorgeous and really yeah yeah i very much like that yeah anything with the water all the water just looked great yeah 
And I think they really are able to slow down with those shows and like the intimate moments are also like right very intimate with the visuals not in like a sexual way but in like a kind Calm. of romantic way and like sure you feel the you feel the emotion more it mm-hmm. reminds so. me well it just it just was reminding me the whole time of uh robot carnival in that one short that yeah. was made by the gundam people and i was like yeah it's that same like for whatever reason, like the 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 art style that Gundam pulled is like this strange in between of like these like harsh, you know, because you're talking about these like harsh, rough, big robots, you know, deadly like weapons of war, but then it somehow has this like romantic element in the style that like really comes through. Um mm-hmm. That I don't know, like they can just they can be they can be scary when they want to be scary, and then they can be pretty when they want to be pretty, and it never feels like it's not the same art. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. And I think this had a lot of the Gundam shows I've watched. I mean, even Iron, Bro- Iron Brother Orphans had this to like some degree, but um, the ones previously, like I've watched, I think Unicorn and Wing. And then Build Fighters, which is like its own thing. But those two specifically always have like the slow burn to start. Right. And I think that this one did that as well. And that just seems to be like something the series enjoys where it's not, it's really not like constant robot fights in action, which is what you kind of expect if you just see like what a Gundam looks like. And you're like, oh, there's an anime for that. Like I would just expect it to be chaos. Yeah. Big guns, yeah. big like macho dudes, mm-hmm. which th- none of the main characters really are like super masculine characters. I mean, there's a couple that are like definitely military men, but it's not, it's not like what Americans I think would have it's made. It's not like G.I. Joe. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not the sensationalized yes. military thing as much. I think that's cool. I think that they've really like got their own genre because of that and a lot of people probably don't like that where they want like the just the giant robot fights and you just kind of have to wait for it like they're still in there yeah like michael bay is upset watching the <laughs> show yeah dude see yeah michael bay had made this it'd be three episodes and everyone would die so and everyone would die yeah <laughs> before you even met him they like say hey my name's yeah and john like, and then he's dead in the next <laughs> scene yeah yeah, you go ahead, Jacob. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I feel like uh, a good chunk of that was covered. Um, like because I was, I was definitely going to bring up the art and animation as well. Because I just, yeah, just watching older, like peak '90s cell animation. They obviously like had the budget and the time to spend to like make it look good <laughs> and not just be static images. And like it just looked good the entire time. Mm. Um, like I, I don't know. Like I just, it, it was just there was a lot of moments where I could catch myself just sitting there going, "Damn, this it's just a good image that I'm looking at right now." <laughs> you know, like the the, and it was not just the you know just like one aspect of it. It was like sometimes the color work was very very good. And then other scenes, it was like the way that they were playing with light and shadows was really cool. And I don't know, like it just ends up looking incredible the whole time. Um, The one thing that popped out to me 
uh, like almost immediately in the first episode because literally like the first, the first, the opening scene of the first episode has this like very Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park vibe where it like opens on like the jungle. You see some birds and then it flies past like a fucking Zaku that's like been overgrown by the plant life that's just like dead on the ground mm, and then you mm. see and then you see a zaku like rise up out of the trees and like immediately to me the the thing that really popped out i feel like towards the other compared to other gundam shows was like they really hit that like jurassic park shot of giving you the scale of sure wow these things are behemoths kind of thing and they did yeah. it a lot. Like there was a lot of shots where you really get the idea of like, yeah, these robots are fucking big. Um, where I feel like in some other shows, like even Iron Blooded Orphans, um, there are like a couple shots I can think of, but a lot of the time you don't like get that vibe as much. You just kind of see the robots and you like you know that they're big, but you don't like feel it. But this one really did a good job with having a lot of those low angle shots, perspectives from the people on the ground that really made you go like, damn, these are like really intimidating. Yeah, um, I think that's another benefit to just having it all be grounded on Earth. Right. 100%. So many of the shows are space. Space or like other planets. So there's nothing to you're familiar with to kind of yes. use as a landmark for size. Right. Absolutely. No, and 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 I think that that comes through really well in this show. I think this show also does a good job with the way that they like, and this is kind of like an every Gundam show kind of thing, but I just think like the way that they differ between the way that they differ between the Federation and the, and the, the Zeon is, is I've always found to be like, you know, obviously it's, it's a bit old school and a little on the nose and stuff, but I just enjoy that the aesthetics are so vividly different so that you, you can feel that, like 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 it feels like the federation is grounded in a reality that you can understand you know the the robots look like robots and they're futuristic obviously but they feel like they feel like a robot that would make sense from a perspective of like earth humans getting the technology to make a tank be a man now <laughs> you know mm. and then yeah. the zeon everything just feels very disconnected and alien and the yeah. only times that things feel connected is when it feels like a Nazi reference. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like, otherwise, everything's very alien. Yeah. Um, you know, but then, the gun but then Gundam does the thing that they do where they make it gray eventually as you go in deeper into the plot, right? It's like they want you to feel like they're the villains and they, they're like looking like the villains. They do villainous things. But then eventually you see that the feds start doing shit that's like, this seems pretty immoral. This seems kind of fucked up. Yeah. And, and they kind of start to give you that little, like where you're getting pulled in both directions kind of thing. And this yeah. show, I think, did an all right job of that. I think other Gundam shows have done better. Um, I'm just but it showing did, the it, dirtiness of war. Yeah. Like Iron-Blooded Orphans, I think, does a lot better of a job of like, everybody just seems like awful. Like there's just... 
Right. You well, know, I like, am blooded orphans is goaded. I, I fucking I, love I, at the end orphans. of like two at the end of two episodes <laughs> into this one, I like I very much was like, oh, this is like if Iron Blooded Orphans is like I don't know Interstellar, then this show is <laughs> a shitty Interstellar, <laughs> a Predator, Predator, Predator One, like like th- this show is like uh uh action for action. It has the 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 war setting. Um, but it's chill. Like, similar notes that we had for, like, Black Lagoon. Like, it's kind of like, it's good, but it's not, like, if you're looking for a gourmet meal with 20 different flavors Mm. all mixed into each bite, like, that's not what this show is. (laughs) No, and I I completely agree because I do have, like, a feeling there where, like, I think it had, like, these little moments where I felt like the commentary they were going for with war was coming through. And then other yeah. times I felt yeah. like it was just kind of, like, it's there, but I don't think they made their point very well. Mm. Or, like, it just wasn't that gripping and, like, that kind of a thing. Sure, um, yeah. But, you know, but, like, it's it did okay. I think the the, yeah. the part that did the best was, like, sections of episode 11. That was probably where the gray, the, like that that gray morality was like at its peak, like during um, the standoff and stuff. Yeah, because that okay. was the moment where beyond anything else, where you could have it say like, "Okay, cool," like both sides are really fucked up in this situation. They both end up doing really bad things. Yeah, and like pull the characters in a direction where they tried to make this not happen, but it did, yeah. and like. That, but you know, but and, and I have some grievances with that episode, regardless. But, but I, I thought that that section, like the moment when she's in the uh, Absolus and and she like has Horribly. that standoff, not not my favorite out of the Gundam stuff, but yeah, uh, like when she has that standoff trying to say, like, do not cross this line and we won't attack you, and then he says yes, but then he's actually gonna shoot the fucking evac ship anyways kind yeah. of thing and like that that was that that was probably one of the best sections of the show um for the commentary um i also just really like the sound effects i like those 90s sound effects a lot yeah. um it's just a vibe it's just a good time True that. um but yeah so you know that's where i was at with like the good stuff um i definitely have complaints about it uh like some of it I think is just like, you know, like kind of like what we're talking about where I feel like it just kind of makes the show like, okay. It's like stuff that's like, it just wasn't the best. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't the best. And then there's one thing in particular, other than I, I really don't like episode 12. I just feel like it's just a weird, just weird. Um, I gotta be honest. I didn't really pay attention to it. I it, think I was yeah. doing dishes while it was it's happening. It's because it's it's fine because <laughs> nothing happens. Yeah, they they like, they meet kids that are maybe real or not. Yeah, and it's very strange. Yeah, and oh, then at the end, I they're totally just didn't like, even realize that they might not be real. Oh, there's I, literally they wake up and Kiki's like, they're gone. Oh, it's I just like they, they left. were never here. <laughs> I, li- I just like, thought they left. No, he said maybe, 
but also they might not have been real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're going for there. I oh, have no I, I didn't get that idea. at all. I just thought no. they left. No, like I he says that it. The he magic says stuff. that they might have been ghosts. Like it's it's strange. And then they just sh- and then they just find Shiro and Ina, and it's just like okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have one big problem. One big problem. All right, let it this. out. Okay. And I just feel like it. I, I think it has to be talked about. And I understand that this show is older you know i i grasp that it's not like brand spanking new but yeah not to say that this kind of stuff doesn't still happen so i just want to bring this up um what the fuck was going on with the way that they decided to write all of the shit around kiki and shiro that shit was not okay I have no fucking clue what they were thinking. But I don't you think that that happens in almost every single Gundam show? There's a relationship like that. But at least because again, I you, this is coming off of me watching. I've only seen Iron Blooded Orphans and Build Fighters. That's it, right? Okay. So even those, even those had something. Iron Blooded Orphans had relationships between each person was was. <laughs> I have one of those relationships. Was weird. Yeah, they were <laughs> no, they were weird, and I'm yeah. not going to sit here and act like they weren't. But they were between people that were both underage. Sure, sure. yeah. Build fighters. I don't. There wasn't anything that I can think of from build fighters, unless I'm just forgetting. Um, but point being, they. It was they were... one of these things in this one, where so Kiki is introduced naked okay to start yeah which is like he stumbles okay. upon her as she's just swimming in the water right and then be yeah. and then decides to be a perv just like a, a voyeur <laughs> yeah decides to just perv the fuck out and yeah. just like take a load off and just watch her he just, and it's yeah, like he just sits. right and so just it's like sits. okay and you're like okay it's anime shit i understand you know we've seen shit like this plenty of times whatever that part of it, it was like, I don't like this really, but like I can look past it. And yeah. then in the same episode, he goes back, gets caught by the fucking gorillas. And explicitly, they say she's underage. And we know that Shiro's an adult. Yeah. And then he says that uh, uh, he, he it what, what did he say? They say, why'd you do it? it? And he says, well, you're nice to look at. Hold on. Hold on. There's No, no, no. I got this. He took notes. I fucking literally wrote this down because it was just like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So, so he learns that she's underage. Yes. He then says that he thought that she was a kid. He says that. And then she looks at him and says why were you staring then? He says, because you were pretty. What the fuck? (laughs) Like, okay, great. So, the main character is either a hebophile or a pedophile then. Sick. Tight. And that was like episode, what, two, three. There was two. 
So two, yeah. So I had a lot of problem just kind of going forward after that because it's like I what how am I supposed to like this protagonist now? Sure. Like this shit's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> And but there's just no to, good argument against it. There is. I mean, like, no. do you have to like the main character? It's or not. Can even, it just be a story? You know what I mean? Like, in what way like, does any of that part of this narrative help this story? Well, because this show has done a very good job of just showing, like, what we talked about at the beginning. Like we talked that Gundam does in general is that it's it's not like a good guys versus bad guys. It's just people at war. Do you and think, I think that I think that it's it's doing a good job of portraying the fact that even though he is quote unquote the hero of the story, he is a person at he's he's a person at war all of whom have flaws or all people have flaws and so they don't oh create God, a main character who we can allow to be up on a pedestal like they bring him down do and... you genuinely think what that the way that they shot this and the way that they portrayed this that that was what their intention was because well, that's the way i took it it's art it it it's 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 the way that I choose to receive it. Because Once they, it's out in the world, it doesn't matter. They uh, they, Joe, they did this for fan service. Well, why why would you want to justify, Jacob? It? I feel like you're exactly you're in the seat I was in for ReZero. Right now, which I totally understand. Where it's like I this, like this this is like unexcusable. And I, I hear it because there's, it's so like, you can justify it in your head all you want. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. I'm not justifying like the character's actions. Right. But you're justifying their, their willingness to portray it this way because it's very blatant that she is being portrayed sexually in not just that scene either, by the way. Because it shows up mm. in other scenes. Yeah. So she, she's a young girl who's very much trying to be a woman. She's there's there's and people so that, that gives them justification. No, no, like, what are you talking like, about? Have dude? you never known somebody who is a teenager? Have you ever known somebody right, in your life who tried to do the things that they are doing? You're talking about adults writing a story. I know. But storyboarding people, it, but people act it. like that. But people do, but people do behave the way that that character did behave. I see. I see what you're saying. And I'm not saying that they can't make a character that can behave like that. But when you have scenes like a Gundam falling over and then her ass gets thrown into Shiro's face, I think that this happens though in not just the show. Like this is not the only guilty party, here. which is exactly why I bring it up. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's something yeah. we've discussed a lot. And it, I think it's just like, it's a problem with anime culture, period. I mean, right? Sure. Sure. The underage thing is just like, that's, it's like one of those things that is also a gatekeeping thing for people in anime where it's like, 
I will not watch it because I've heard this is the thing. Mm. You know, I mean, Kat's definitely in that boat. She knows this kind of stuff exists. That's why she's not even interested in trying it. Mm. Regardless of the show, regardless of it's like um, a horror anime where there's like close to zero fan service or maybe no fan service at all. Like Erased, for example. Mm. But that's not, for, for some reason, this kind of stuff is not uncommon still and stuff that's coming out now. Even in the freaking last episode of One Piece, Nami's body just keeps getting more and more bare. It's like, why? What is this doing? It's like that kind of stuff is just not necessary. And I don't know. I don't I don't see I see Jacob's point in that it's not adding anything to the story. Sure. The story is not benefiting from it. There's no character where it's like this makes them a deeper character. And I get your argument for that in this scenario, Joe, but I think the thing is it could be done more tastefully and like within the bounds of legality sure yeah like i'm not i'm not saying that like like i didn't mention this part of the thing during my good things i liked about the show like it was not no no yeah right but i see you're saying that it makes it makes shiro a um more well i just think it's it's corrupt character in some ways well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just saying a thing that happened. Like, how, I, like, there, there is no defense for the, the, you know, the, the Gundam falling over and that, that bit. Sure, yeah. But I don't think that it is... I don't think that controversial characters should be not, not included. What I'm saying. Not what I'm saying at all. Like, it's just, I, I, it feels like we're talking about two very separate things right now. It's very possible at this point. Because I, I'm saying that... You're saying like, this crosses the, the line of what's fan It crosses is. the line from the sense of backing up to the people writing this and storyboarding it the way that they did. There's nothing wrong with having a character who is, who is just a vile person. I, I fucking love villains. Like that's my whole thing. His is a fucking pedophile. <laughs> like, mm. you know, but like, and there's, there's ways to go about things in a way where that character can exist. And it's, it is affecting the story in a way that is benefiting it. In mm-hmm. this, it comes off to me very much like this was just what they were trying to do to add in whatever either if it's you know you want to call it fan service or it's like their own particular fetishes or whatever the fuck because the sad part is that there's a like what Ethan was saying there's a lot of this in a lot of shows even shows that we've watched and like I'm not saying it's not there of course it is I I guess I'm hitting a point now where I want to bring this shit up and fucking just like slam it because it needs to be talked about. And because and the problem is, is that there's so there is still yeah. a massive amount of arguments in the anime community about like what's OK. And and there's and, and the problem mm. is for me is that if you look at the stories that have been right. coming out about the people that make shows and some of the shit that's been going on, I don't know if you guys heard about the fucking Veroni Kenshin guy. Recently, uh, I don't know. but he just got caught with 
fuckloads of child porn on his personal computer. Like the creator of Rurouni Kenshin? The creator of Rurouni Kenshin. Oh, geez. And he, by the way, didn't go to jail for that. In Japan? In Japan. He, he got mm-hmm. uh, he got arrested and then released and then uh, yeah. I think he is and taking a hear... his company put him on like a sabbatical for a while and then he's coming back and he's going to continue to produce for that company. Mm. So this is where I have a fucking problem with it. Well, the other thing I always hear is like this is just part of anime, right? Is what people say. This is just part of anime. This is like what it is. And it's the same kind of argument where like. Um, like the shit that like the NFL has been getting in trouble with and like that kind of stuff where it's like, well, this is just boys being boys. Like that, that is not okay. That's what's making okay. I think, I think it's totally valid that we need to start. I mean, not that we haven't been critical of it, but calling out was good. And I, and in this case in particular, like making her of age or him not an adult or whatever, and that's the, the thing. It's like even making him is. not an adult, it's not like the best thing ever. But at least right. then you don't have the dynamic, right. you know. But this, like, yeah, you could have made her an adult. It would have been you the same could've. story. Wouldn't have changed anything. You know, besides it, that. It, that's all a, I'm saying. Right. And I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that that yeah. would have been, like, there's no reason not to do that. That's, yeah. If that's you're that's, give the that's basically it. I just, yeah, it's just... A, to me, it it just creates a stain on the narrative. It's just not helping. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't help sure. anything. You know. And I. And luckily, it's only a thing that's like particularly focused on for mm-hmm. like two episodes, and it doesn't hold up most of the show or anything. But it's like sitting in the back of my mind that like, yeah, that was a thing that they did. Yeah. You know. I can I can disregard it in this it, just to like watch the rest of it and whatever. Yeah. But ultimately, like if we're gonna talk about a show that includes something like that, I just feel like we can't just like not talk about it because yeah. even if we like even if we love the show, even if like this is like the fucking yeah. Made in Abyss argument that everybody's been having. Like that's What's a show that? that Made in Abyss is a show that is uh, very popular right now. A lot of people regard it as a masterpiece. But it has a lot of stuff in it that seems very sexual in nature with characters that are kids. And Mm. there's a lot of arguments going on in that sphere about that. About, is this okay? Does it help with the narrative? Is it there for a reason? Yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's like when you talk about a show like that or like this, it's like, I like these things about the show. And I'm going to grade it, you know, at this grade or whatever. But this is here. And it's not okay. Like, that's all. Sure. Editor Joe here. Uh, I feel gross, guys. I, uh, I, f- I feel gross because, one, I hate fighting, uh, much less with one of my best friends, but also because of what you pretty much just heard. Um, I also want to take this chance to double down on Jacob's point. You see, I failed to think about what the creator's vision or intent may have been behind making certain scenes in this show. Uh, About halfway through our argument, I started to ask myself if I had been desensitized 
like really desensitized. Um, you know, uh, Hayao Miyazaki once said that he loved animating because he was able to do with this medium, he was able to do things like look out a window and dream about uh, somebody running and jumping outside and then run straight up the side of a wall and then leap and run and jump across the telephone cables and power lines. And then was able to go to work and bring that daydream, that vision to life and to reality in his animations. And, you know, you could say it was naivety or perhaps it was me subconsciously sticking my head in the sand. But the thought that the creators of this Gundam show might actually be bringing their own much less wholesome dreams to reality through sections of the show was nowhere near my mind. It just flew over my head as a possibility. And that's not okay. Desensitization is one of the main reasons that Jacob is so passionate about railing against this industry on this matter. And I fully support him. This is the sort of thing, you know, my mom used to warn me about growing up. Uh, about consuming some of this stuff. And thank God, Jacob took a breath and mentioned that we were seeming to argue about two different things, which, you know, after listening and editing, I think we very much were starting to or or, or might have been arguing about two different things uh, since the beginning. But the fact remains that Jacob's point was so far from my thought process that I didn't understand it when he first brought it up. And that's... The issue, right? Not to mention the lack of understanding led to agitation. Um, but that's, you know, totally separate. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow when you realize that you've actually been desensitized around something as big as this. And as uncomfortable as this section of this episode makes me, I deeply hate arguing of any kind, but I know that my co-host will agree with me here that... This section does have real service value, uh, so, so we're leaving it in, and I will do my best to be a little less naive and try and be conscious of very real possibilities concerning the creator's intentions while consuming and reviewing future content for this podcast. I also hope that all of our listeners, new and old, not only respect what I have just said, but take it to heart. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Now, back to the episode and the absolute godsend of a friend that is Ethan with his uh, amazing pivot. I'm going to pivot because I think we've covered that pretty well into something that I think was disappointing for me. And I think Gundam has improved on. But my favorite parts of a Gundam show are when it's more, it feels more like a, Power Rangers-esque show in a way where there's great story happening. I think the best parts of Power Rangers is when there's great story happening unrelated to whatever conflict is going on with the characters. And then they transition into like their, I don't know what you call it in Power Rangers, but you know, like their battle sequences. And there's a whole other storyline happening with whatever the overarching antagonist is. And the best part about like Iron Bird and the Orphans and the way that the Gundam design was, was that 
every character had their own suit mm. and their own like kind of specialties with that suit and what that suit did and how it moved and how it looked and how it's related to their character. And this was more of like a realistic version of that where it's like, this is all very military and everything is very like, whatever we can find is going to work and we're going to make this work for like, um, specifically combat on earth in the jungle or wherever they are. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of variety in my main point is there wasn't a lot of variety in what the Gundams looked like. Right. And I, I really like it when there is like distinct. Yeah. Um, Gundam models. Cause they're so cool. And there's so many different versions of them. Yeah. It seems like- especially like, um, on the Zaku side. Right. Like uh, it's kind of always been like a Zaku Zaku, but why? Like, what's the benefit of that? I don't know. So, yeah, no, I definitely. I think I could use more variety in, in the yeah. in design there. It definitely seems like a thing that became that became like the direction of Gundam later, um, because right. I, I bet you it was Gundam Wing. I feel like that was the one that like made that the commonplace. Um, Sure. Because yeah, th- being this being one of the one of the earliest ones, um, it's very much like how like the original series is, where it's like yeah, there's you know Amuro has you know the RX seventy eight, but then everybody else is just in GMs or in a gun tank, and like every and then and then it's just a bunch of Zaku's except for Char has a red Zaku and like you know it's like fairly straightforward uh-huh. kind of thing. And this one's the same way where, yeah, like they just kind of all have the same mobile suit. And then like if one gets damaged, then maybe they replace a part. Or if one gets like completely destroyed, then they gets a new one. Like how how Shiro got he had a regular one and then he got the easy eight later. Um, yeah. But then and the part where yeah. they repaired his foot and shit. That was awesome. Yeah, no, like and I get. Yeah, like it was it's definitely a lot more like raw, like what you're saying. Like it feels like military shit where it's just like, yeah, you're you guys are running around in tanks and you have to fucking maintain the tank and fix shit on it and whatever. And sometimes yeah. you'll be able to replace it with the correct part. And sometimes you'll, you know, have to just get just some other fucking together. part like how like how the lady uh, Karen, how Karen lost her Gundam's head in that one fight. And then they just had to like put a different head on it, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I completely agree where I think after like Gundam wing ish was around that time where then it was like, you know, it really is more fun for every character to have like a distinct Gundam. That a huge, a huge joy for me. I think a lot of people now is like watching Gundam show and being like, I want to get the model kit for that. I want to get the model kit for that. And yeah, it's literally show, like, it's like get easy, get easy, easy and get golf if you don't already and have like, one. <laughs> and that's like the only two like super dope ones. Um, it was also because yeah. in Gundam, there's always usually like a big, like a big villain Gundam that Zeon is making. Um, and I felt like in this one, it was just not the coolest. Yeah. Like, I I didn't hate it because it is very like out there and weird, but. I don't know, man. It's just like a weird, like, kind of octopusy looking thing, you know. I really yeah. liked the build up to it, but once they yeah. revealed the yeah. design, Jellyfish I was like, thing. "Oh, mm-hmm. yeah." It's just kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like a big fucking orb. <laughs> it looked like the the droids in Empire Strikes Back that are the recon droids, the black things, you know. 
Yeah, actually, you're totally right. It looks like yeah. one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like overgrown. Right. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know. And I kind of liked it more when it was mm-hmm. more UFO-y. And then when it like had those stupid legs, I was like, this just makes it worse. <laughs> like when it was just like a flying thing, I was like, okay, it's not bad. Yeah. And then at the end when they're like, nah, he's going to have these three little thin baby legs. It's like, okay. Yeah. Sure. But like the power of it and stuff was cool. Like it was destructive yeah. and like scary, but I don't know, man. Like it, it definitely wasn't the most intimidating thing it could have been. So I think we got to do reviews. Sure. And I, and I can start because I have something I want to say right away. This is going to be the hot. This is going to be a hot take for Gundam, but here it is. I think not the execution, but the idea of Gundam Bell Fighters and the way that that story is constructed and that like Gundam are the model kits and that's, and that's kind of like what you use and there's a story okay. and then, then you're building your kit and you're like customizing it. That, that is my, <laughs> that is my ideal Gundam show now like that. I like when the Gundams are the toys. Idea. Not the execution of what build fighters was. <laughs> But I like when the Gundams are the toys and not the war machine because I just don't mm. enjoy... Like, this is just not... I would not have watched this show unless it was picked. Because I like the more, like, fun... Uh, war Like, war movies and war shows have just never okay. been my thing. Not yeah, even, I'm, like, the Star in Wars? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> dude, Star Wars has taken well, freaking wind on my sails with these Disney shows, I'll tell you what. But anyway... That I would just build fighters on paper, I think is a great idea, and I hope that they they pick one of these and and really like kill it because I think that those are it's really cool. It's kind of like a mix of Yu Gi Oh and and that is what actually is right now. And that's that, a and it's best crazy that's a like form. yeah good relation. <laughs> it is just Yu Gi Oh Gundam. <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And also, Build Fighters is my favorite like designs of any of the Gundams, so I think that's cool. Have you ha- have you watched? Because they've made like two other ones now. No, I haven't. Only because like it's not the same without sitting next to you on the couch. I, I, well, that's we live mm-hmm. across the country from each yeah, other, so I know <laughs> that's that's Maybe we tough. Need to do like a a watch together or something. Yeah, try to find some way online. to link it up, sync up. Three, two, That'd one, click play. It'd be fun. So that being said, I don't think that this was my ideal Gundam story. I think that the it makes sense. I think that this is how a Gundam was originally intended. Um, I thought the story was okay. I think this, the fan service was unneeded. I think the designs were average at best. Love story was decent. I liked the ending at 11. I thought 12 was unneeded. Um, animation was great. I think Without the animation, I probably wouldn't have made it past like episode two. Um, I also watched the dub, and the dub had some really distracting voice actors. Like, damn, bro, I I would never crank that shit up to like twelve. I wouldn't, and then some of them were like six. I would never have put myself through that. <laughs> yeah, this was this was one I like just because of how life is right now. I couldn't give it my complete attention. 
I had to like have it on while I was working or something. So I had to have it on the dub. But because of all that, um, I'm going to give it a C minus. All right. C minus. Okie dokie. Joe, you, you or me, go? Jacob? Or, oh, ah. shit. <laughs> well, all right, simultaneous. Uh, uh, I'll go. Okay. I think I'm landing on this being, I'm glad that I had time to digest it because I, I, I did finish the show a little while ago and I have the habit of rating things uh, more, more, not fairly, more Positively. generously. Yeah. Uh, having just come off them. And I was thinking about it over the past day or so uh, leading into the recording. And the main thing I kept going back to when considering what I might rate it, I was asking myself, how memorable was it? And I think that there's aspects about this that are memorable just for what they are. Like, I loved the standoff scene at the end. I, I think that that will stay in my memory for a bit. I like the certain things about the team, how they went into all their different personalities and stuff and and how the one guy actually admitted to being asked to spy on the leader and stuff and and all this and, and it wasn't just going to be a stereotypical I'm going to shoot him in the back kind of a thing. Um, and uh, And I liked... I liked, I, I really liked the end of Eleven when they're walking through like the, the, or, or the, the final shot is them walking out of the cave or something like that. And you see the silhouette of him having like one leg and stuff. And you're just like, oh, um, I thought that was great. Um, so if I had rated this like just after seeing that. I would I would probably say something else, but I I would put this at like a C plus, um, because I think it's I think it's I think it's basically a good watch, which would be a B, but I also think the mass majority of it is not memorable. So that the mass majority of it is kind of just like well, meh. It was kind of like the vehicle that got me to. Uh, there's there's certain parts that I I I thought were great, um. So so I, I'm putting it as a as a C plus, um, yeah, that's me. Okay, so I'm happy I got a second to relook over it again. Um, yeah, I I feel like the big things with with. The big enjoyment sections for me are just like mainly in the stuff that wasn't the wasn't the story. Like I enjoyed a lot more of just like how it looked, how it sounded. I didn't even talk about the soundtrack. I actually thought that a lot of this the music was really good. Um, like I enjoyed all that part of it. Um, and then like the story is like good in bits. Other parts are okay. Some parts I just really didn't like, and it's just kind of it kind of just averages out. Um, I think that like it, it it does good in some ways, like it like it has the characters, and I think that they are like the characters are pretty good most of the time. I just am not a big fan of Shiro throughout the series because I just feel like they I don't know they kind of wrote him in just a very inconsistent manner. Like sometimes he's really. Uh, like he's really like 
smart and like can do things you know like on the like like do things like quickly and make good oh. reactions and stuff and then other times i feel like he kind of comes off as kind of foolhardy and dumb and like yeah. to me it just felt it to me it felt inconsistent i just didn't really understand what they were trying to go for with his character um i'm also really not a big fan of the uh the kind of like love at first sight star-crossed lovers romeo juliet kind of thing Mm. which is like to me was what i felt watching this series between him and ina where it just felt like they met once and then he's just in love with her <laughs> and like I, I felt like they explained why she was in love with him a bit better but like i don't get why he was in that same boat as much and then to me having it end on them being alive was strange personally because it felt like they like went and made the big sacrifice and then they just don't die and it's sure. and then they just get to live a happy life and it was just like okay so what what are the consequences you know like there was other consequences there it's a little bit of a hallmark movie yeah like it's just one of those things where it's like some people are going to like that some people won't I'm not a big fan of that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, to me, it kind of rounds out to like... Uh, it kind of rounds out to like a... Probably... Probably a C plus. Yeah. Like, it's... It's aight. <laughs> it's it's aight. Honestly, that sums up pretty good for me. Yeah. It's... Well, I'm glad we all got to watch this show. That's I. It's I. Uh, let's get into the draft, yeah? We're getting into the draft, baby. All right, Joe. God, I got to remember names. Shit. Yeah, I remember most of them. I'll help out. I, I got you. I got you. Um, all right, Joe. So you get first pick because you were third from the uh, the trivia. Oh, shoot. So, yeah. You, I pick last. You pick last. Perfect. So I'm drawing... F Honestly, the less options, the better for me. <laughs> <in this show. laughs> I'm trying, drawing four names out of the hat, and then one stays down. All right. I'm looking through the wiki right now at the character names. Yes. And under Earth Federation Forces, <laughs> there's all these like really Japanese names. And then Karen. And then there's like <laughs> some dude named Mike. Yeah. yeah. There's oh, a, Michael. There's a Mike. Yeah. There's a Rob. No, not Michael. Just a Mike. Mike. Uh, oh. Okay. Mike, Rob, and Jacob were all Earth Federation Force. In this show? <laughs> In this show. They weren't any of the characters that I remember. They don't they don't even have a page. They're just like listed as names. They were probably like oh. I think they were probably those characters that were probably from like one of the different teams who just got like just fucking got collapsed. Up. Yeah. So happy right, to ready. know <laughs> that I was involved uh, in the show and I died. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> so, round one. Here we go. Number one, Norris Packard. Oh, the goat. The basically yeah. babysitter of Ina seemed like. I don't yeah. know. Like it seems like a family like bodyguard kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 But also like the best. Like, so the cool. Pilot. The best pilot, yeah. Also, just like one of the best characters. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. Number two. Horrible, horrible aesthetic, though. 
Yeah, yeah, I did not. Yeah. He was in, he 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 was not pretty to was, look at. He was trying his best. No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he had uh, he only had so much hair to work with. <laughs> Maybe yeah. going with the Hitler Youth one wasn't the way to go, but they was, are Nazis, so like it kind of makes sense. It was wild. All right, number two. Mustache was good though. Number two, uh, Gideon. Gideon was the. The drunk. Uh, oh, the old man. The old oh, man yeah, with yeah, the yeah. red nose. I saw. I wrote one of my notes was the old man is a Joe character. What? I just felt like that was a character that I could see you like watching him like be goofy and like get like gambling bets from the guys fighting, and you were probably like, Haha, "I like this guy." I did. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just it's just I don't know it's just a classic <laughs> yeah. of like some guy who's like literally he's lived his life on the battlefield basically yeah, yeah and he's yeah. so casual about it that some guy's going out to battle and he's like hey over under you think he's coming back like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's like so jaded and it's like yeah. really cruel but yeah. it's like it's like but he's got a heart of gold. He's got a heart of gold because then when they go AWOL, he gives them the fucking paper that makes it look like some other guy signed off on that shit they were doing. Yeah, but then didn't they deny it? They were like, we don't uh, want well, this? Shiro did, but then <laughs> Karen's like, I'll take that shit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if I caught that then. All right. Yeah, yeah. Number three, Terry Sanders Jr. This is the yeah. the big dude who was asked to spy on Shiro. Sanders the Reaper. Then we have our mystery. I do enjoy Sanders. So who's going first? What was that? You, 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 you. Me? Big loser now gets winning ch ch chance. All right, sick. Uh, I'm gonna take Norris. Fair. Yeah. Good call. I'm gonna take Norris Packard. All right. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Sanders. Okay, Jacob's got Sanders. All right, Ethan. I'm taking the random. I'm not taking the old You're man. Oh, the Ethan's got the, the mystery. Man. Okay. All right. Old man drunk. Sorry, you're done. Round two. I remember when I had that team of like all old men. I think it was for all out. Yes. Yes, yes it was. Team Jerry yeah, 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 one, baby. Yeah, two old men and one like actual athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Still one. All right, number one. He's just out. Did you... I'm gonna, you know, you're right, Joe. Gloss over it. Gloss over <laughs> it. Don't give him the satisfaction. I didn't. I good. You didn't he hear it exactly. Okay. Well, you said nothing important. I am the editor. All right. All right. <laughs> no, number one, Karen. Love Karen. Karen's one of my favorite characters. Karen's great. Number two, haha, <laughs> BB. <laughs> this <God>. is. <laughs> Jesus this is Christ. the girlfriend that the young boy was always writing to. The ex-girlfriend. Who no. eventually wrote him a letter saying, I think it might be better if we just stopped. My favorite part is the part in that letter where she's like, I think it would be better for me if we just stopped. I mean, like, like in her defense, it's a no, very difficult it. situation. I get it. But just like, man... Fucking, uh, what's his name? Got just shredded. Oh, he got <laughs> like, shredded. Just like I felt just said, for like, that could you guy. Imagine reading. It could be. It would be better for me. 
Dude, it's just like Ugh. him writing her those letters was all he had. Like that was yeah. like what he clung to. Yep. And then and then we just pop into episode twelve and he's like, Yep, I drink now. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. All right. The, Number the only three. one that could actually have gone home to actually like start a relationship with her because everybody else stayed in the military and he was just right. like, Yeah, she got a kid now. Jeez. <laughs> Number three. You stay loser. Kiki. Kiki. The gorilla girl princess. Died. Oh no. Her dad fucking died. Like bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then we have our mystery. Well, Joe. I'm gonna <laughs> piece of me wants to take BB, not gonna lie. Um I'm gonna take You could do that. You could lose if you want. That's I'm gonna that's, take a, that's a choice for Karen. you. Okay. Uh I'll take Kiki. Yeah. Jacob's got Kiki. Well, I'm taking random. I'm not taking <laughs> pen pal. All right. Mystery no, number sir. two. Ethan going for the mystery run? Huh? Huh? Has anyone done a full mystery run? No. Yet? No. I did a double mystery, but I haven't uh, done yeah. a three. Yep. I think Joe yeah, and I I'm have really rolling the big six done a double one. once. All right. Round three. Character number one. Oh, geez. How do you say this name? Uh, Beresto. This is Kiki's dad. The one that's okay. super dead. Yeah. yeah. So for dead. the purpose of this, we're going to say yeah, he is alive. not dead yet. <laughs> Still in a wheelchair, though. So Still in a wheelchair. Some restrictions like, physically. Badass leader, you know? Yeah, it does have the mm -hmm. mind. All right. Uh, character number two. Aina. Aina. The main girl. Yeah. Okay. The puppet. Yeah. Poor girl. All right. Number yeah, three. She, she went through it. She she really did, man. Yeah. Uh, number three. Elidor, the music man who got hurt, came back, and was always talking about his royalties. I, I, I got to say, highlight for me is the episode where fucking Elidor and the other guy. Wait, isn't Elidor? No, wait. Elidor's the. the Elidor's the, music man. A hundred percent. Yeah, the 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 young guy's name is Michael. Ah, yep, you're right. But yeah, yeah, that episode, but with both of them, where they got caught and they like chuckle fucked their way out of getting <laughs> killed, was incredible. Yeah, in the dungeon, that was yeah, a great, was great. That was a, that was a good episode. Um, yeah, no, I love, I liked the epi <laughs> the part in the show when they all were like, "Oh, this is uh, this is Elidor's song." And then, yeah. like, for, like, you know, just chill 20 seconds or something like that, they all just, like, kicked back and yeah. listened. And I was like, this is nice. This is a good anyway, time. then we have our mystery. Okay. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Ina. Joe is stacked. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what the comp is, but... Yeah. Joe is stacked. That's it's why we have it built this way. It's true. Um, it's because he's going in as a big loser, right, Joe? True. So I <laughs> careful. careful. He is Ethan. entering season four <laughs> as big loser. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah. What? Well, so so? And you said right. So now it's just Elador and Gorilla Boss Man, and then a mystery. Gorilla Boss Man. Uh, I I I'll take Elador. I guess that's fine. Jacob's got Elador. <laughs> 
You guys are really doing it to me. I, I'm doing it just, just to say I've done it. Mystery run! Mystery uh, run, baby. Yeah, Woo! put in a special special little jingle. For that. I hope I don't regret that last one because it's not like he's a bad pick. <sighs> yeah. He did organize a whole group of killers. Like if we get like who can play chess the best, that guy probably would have been a good pick. Yeah. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll do roll call, and then I'll just d- d- say yeah, Ethan's Ethan, when we yeah. get there. So roll call, Team Joe. We got uh, then what's his name? Norris Packard. I got Karen, and I got Ina. <laughs> Jacob. Yeah, Team. Uh... Team, team Jacob, I got nothing, so we're just going to go oh. with the Joe route. Um, I got Sanders, Kiki, and Elador. Bada bing. And then Ethan, the round team one. Butts. The round one mystery. Ethan, what's, what's, what's the name of your team? Team Butts. Okay. B-U-T- B-U-T-S, Butts. Interesting. Okay. I've got nothing on that one. (laughs) Mystery number one. You have Guineas. Guineas. You got the main bad guy. Vile fucking villain ever. (laughs) Just a terrible person. What what happened to the where where are the other researchers? Oh, they're partying. Yeah, they're drunk somewhere. They're out partying the, the, the finished product. Even he does whatever it takes, guys. Yeah. Ooh. To reach round the solution. Two, round yeah. two mystery. <laughs> yeah, Ethan. That's horrible. That's horrible. Die on that hill. Right. Keep going. <laughs> round two mystery. He's got Shiro. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Wow, dude. Dude, team. Te- wow, dude. Nazi and a pedophile. Sick. Team butts. <laughs> Let's go. Mystery number three. You got Michael. You got the lovesick letter writer. Damn, and a fucking bitch coward. Wow. Wow, Jacob. Yeah, just, just, wow. just swinging and missing. Hey, you know. Goodness gracious. His balls dropped in episode twelve. Expected so. of, of team butts. You know. It's all right. Also, don't you have Alador on your team? Because I'm pretty sure Michael beat the snout out of him. They literally what? They both beat each other up what mm-hmm. it was an even draw okay. Michael lost the only thing that mattered to him <laughs> alright All right. we'll see you guys in the chicken bowl can't wait can't wait for T-Bugs. Ethan to lose we can't have him win at all Joe so if you want to keep up with the devil fruit gang and all of our going abouts Head on over to Instagram. Give us a follow over at Devil Fruit Core. That is C O R P. And head on over to the Devil Fruit Podcast website. That's www.devilfruitpodcast.com. And you can find links to everything there links to our social media, links to other places to listen to the podcast. 
You can find our chart of all of our past rankings of animes that we've watched. You can find a link to send us an email directly to us. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think of the show. Do you like it? Do you love it? Do you have your own suggestion for a top five anime-related topic list that you want one of the hosts to conquer? Whatever the message, we'd love to hear from you. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See you.